A very hawkish Bank of Canada is the main story this morning. They will be tapering from next week and might be lifting interest rates next year. That's a far more aggressive timetable than anyone else in the world. Meanwhile, stocks are back to focusing on the reopening trade in the United States. We'll look at New Zealand's inflation numbers and what they can tell us about Australia's CPI next week. Plus, Aussie retail sales yesterday, a rebound for Victoria and WA. And all eyes on the ECB tonight, obviously not as hawkish as Canada's been. And Joe Biden's climate summit kicks off today. Everyone who is anybody is going to be there. Well, they're going to be online anyway. It's Thursday, the 22nd of April, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, the US dollar has been up and down in this session, but uh, down a little now on yesterday. So that rise that we saw yesterday has been fairly short-lived. It's back on trend for the month, and it's been driven down by a fairly big rise in the Canadian dollar. It's up 0.9%. That's helped pull the Aussie uh, up a third of 1% too. Uh, they're the biggest movers on the major currencies. US stocks are back up again. The Dow and the S&P 500 up 0.9%. The Nasdaq is up 1.2%. The Russell 2000, which saw big losses yesterday, is up over 2% today. Not much to say about bonds, 10-year treasuries, pretty much where they were yesterday. A move up in uh, Canadian uh, bonds. Europe pretty flat as well, though. And oil is still heading south. Second day in a row with another 2.3% off Brent. Still around $65 a barrel, though. So let's talk through all of this with David DeGarris, Director Economics for Markets at NAB. Now in London, in quarantine. In London, Phil, in London. Well, sort of quarantine. I am isolated in my right. flat, so... Uh got to stay here for 10 days when I've done a few right, days very of that good. already. Excellent. Well, good luck with that. So we've got a quick, yeah. a quick turnaround in US stocks. Uh, so is it, is it a bit of a buying the dip that's going on? It seems like investors are getting pulled backwards and forwards, aren't they, between whether they go for value stocks or growth stocks. Yes. And as we were saying yesterday, it all depends on uh, your view of how quickly the recovery is going to happen. But the stock's doing well today are those that will do well from reopening. So uh, obviously those concerns from yes, yesterday have disappeared. Yes. Like transport, for example, United Airlines. I was saying yesterday, well down. Mm. Today, they're up 2.7%. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, a complete tenor. And the financial services doing well, consumer discretionary stocks, whereas mm. technology, healthcare, not doing mm. so well. So, yeah, mm. it's reopening trade, basically. It does seem to be more the cyclical ones, doesn't it? The reopening trade, rather than just the uh, driven by the tech stocks, which have a life of their own and, of course, been driven by... Um, you know, the extremely low yields and the search for yield. And, yeah. and, and, of course, some of the pandemic effects on, on uh, stocks like Netflix and uh, and so forth. Yeah, exactly. Well, Netflix down 7.3%, uh, which seems quite an extre- extreme reaction. I mean, they missed their subscriber numbers by 2 million, but they up on revenue. We were talking about this yesterday. Uh, but I, I wonder whether mm-hmm. that's part, partially the reaction to that is, again, also the reopening trade. Because, hey, do you need to subscribe when the pubs are open? Uh, you, you know, <laughs> maybe not. We're not going to be glued to well, the TV two, anymore, two, perhaps. Two, two, peop- two people might say no. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, look, and, and just on airlines, it's interesting to note as well, I just see that Alitalia is saying that, uh, I think this, we might hear this from a few airlines, saying they've not got enough funds to pay wages uh, for April. Uh, I'm surprised airlines have hung out as mm-hmm. well as they, as they have done. But look, on the positive side, uh, and th- that would explain why this uh, why th- this focus on reopening, uh, 80% of Americans over 65 will have had at least one vaccine by Thursday, uh, President Biden was saying t- uh, today. Uh, and uh, US is on track for everyone who wants it by July the 4th. So they're going out here at a cracking rate. They are. He's, uh, you know, they've been beating his um, targets, haven't they? You know, which which, yeah. which started under uh, under Trump. Give him credit for that. So, um, you know, the US US um, rollout 
program has been going well. The UK program has been going very well. And, and the European program seems to be picking up a bit of speed yeah, as yeah. well, Phil. So, yeah. um, you know, the emerging markets are still missing out at this point, and that is a real concern. But um, it, it's... Um, it's increasing at a pretty smart pace in, in big parts of the world yeah. now. And without the vaccines, uh, perhaps because they're not needed quite so urgently, but we're seeing that rebound in Australia. So retail sales for March, 1.4% up, mm. having been 0.8% down in February. Actually, that's why it's so big, isn't it? It's because we're recovering from uh, uh, from from that drop the month before. And a yes. lot of it is, uh, is, is Victoria and WA picking back up again. Yeah. Quite so. Victoria and WA were very strong. Um, They're up, you know, four to five percent in the month. Queensland was a little bit softer. These are the numbers that the ABS doesn't tell us exactly what the quantitative dimensions are on, on everything. Uh, mm. But we know that Queensland was a little bit softer. You know, they had a, a mini lockdown. So, you know, as you said, February was uh, was down. January was exceptionally strong. So these numbers are bouncing around a bit, but. Uh, the one thing I took out of it, Phil, was that uh, cafes and restaurants take away that category. Yeah. Already up on year on a pre-pandemic levels. So um, yeah. there's not all that many places in the world where you could say that at this point. Mm, so smashed avocado on toast is back in vogue in uh, Mossman and the suburbs of Melbourne, oh, yes. I suspect. I, I could just do a smashed avocado on toast right now. I probably you? could too. <laughs> now, look, uh, tapering for the Bank of Canada, buying less bonds from next yes. week. Uh, that came as a bit of a surprise, didn't it? Where, where did that come from? Well, the market was expecting uh, the Bank of Canada to announce tapering. Um, that wasn't so much the surprise, Phil. I think it was a realisation that, you know, they lifted their growth forecasts. Um, Governor yes. Macklem described the third wave, you know, which has been going on, which is going on right now, as probably having a material impact on the economy, but temporary. They added two and a half percentage points to their growth forecast for this year. I mean, from four percent to six point five percent. It was only in January they made that four percent. Exactly, that's a big upward revision, and uh, brought forward the time when they thought that they're beginning to start uh, uh, lifting rates. So they brought that forward from what what was it described as into two thousand twenty three to second half of two thousand twenty two. So you sound. You know, always the you know they're, they're always uh, you know subject to conditions and so forth, but um, sort of had an optimistic tone. And we do know that um, Bank of Canada, along with the RBA and the RBNZ, some of the first central banks to move after the uh, GFC. So market maybe took that as a little bit of a sign. We did see, as you mentioned early on, the Aussie up, uh, so a bit of a spillover effect into uh, Aussie Kiwi and uh, and the other commodity currencies. Uh, along with the uh, Canadian dollar. Well, they're expecting their inflation is going to rise and then fall back again. And uh, so so go through that transitory effect. But then, as you say, second half of 2022 is when they might have to start lifting rates. And their their inflation, the numbers uh, today, year on year for March, is 2.2% up. But base effects, I believe, is the expression. We just got to look at where we were this time last year. Yes. And the the underlying rates, though, are not that far below their target, to be quite honest, Mm. Phil. So a bit like New Zealand, where the inflation rate is um, not that far below their target. But certainly the the Bank of Canada, you know, the fact that I think the fact that there has been this third wave of infections going on the market, you know, might have had second thoughts about whether they really might taper. But certainly, that that um, the, the the loony uh, responded to that immediately, and um, 
you know, you mentioned a little change in bond yields, and we saw Canadian bond yields uh, up, you know, a few basis points yeah. uh, after the announcement today. Yeah, that was just about the only movement in bonds, in fact, wasn't it? Because not a lot of movement in Europe. Either. Indeed. Look, uh, it was a day for inflation, wasn't it? Or a session for inflation. Inflation much lower in the UK than it is in Canada, of course, just 1.1% for CPI. But the producer prices numbers, the input prices year on year for March, up 5.9%. That's, mm. I mean, this is being absorbed by the manufacturers and wholesalers and retailers clearly. Uh, and you mentioned New Zealand inflation. Uh, there was a great deal of uncertainty in that number ahead of uh, yesterday, uh, but it was, uh, what, 0.8% in Q1. Ray was saying yesterday, you know, that this is an important number because it's going to give us a clearer idea of what CPI will come in at for Australia next week. Yes, yes. So we've been saying for um, Australia, Phil, uh, that the headline rate will be 1.4% uh, and the underlying rate will go up from... Um, what, uh, up to 1.3%. And, and our estimate is 0.5 for the underlying rate. But, it, you know, when we add up the different components, it comes to 0.54. And the, the New Zealand numbers sort of add a, a smidge of upside risk to that. So that could be 0.6. So, um, you know, we know the Reserve Bank's going to be focused on, you know, maximum employment and wanting to see inflation sustainably in the target. So, 1.3 is clearly south of that target. Um, but we know the labour market's improving, but this, of course, is a, is a super important number uh, for the market. So it's mm. uh, next Wednesday, of course. And the ECB tonight, uh, obviously they're not going to be as hawkish as the Bank of Canada. Uh, I don't think we're expecting any tapering talk coming out of them, are we? In fact, what are we expecting out of the ECB tonight? Well, it's, um, they, they have a fairly regimented approach that... Um, they prepare new forecasts every second meeting, not unlike the RBA, mm. uh, but they keep to that and they're much less likely to change policy at these um, between forecasting review meetings. Uh, and I don't think the way, you know, the bond market has been remarkably stable. Uh, capital markets have been well and truly open. Look, the euro has gone up a bit against the US dollar uh, since the time that, since the last met. And their latest um Banking uh, credit survey showed that credit conditions tightening a little bit. So that's, you know, that, that's got to be a little bit of a concern. Um, but nevertheless, the vaccine program is rolling out. Um, and we had news today that the German Constitutional Court has knocked back uh, a, a case that was trying to stop the uh, the next generation EU fund. So that's a little bit of a, you know, a snippet of positive news for the ECB. Yeah. So I don't expect them to do anything, but it, I think it will depend upon how President Lagarde um, speaks about the exchange rate and how sensitive they are to that. So in the euro, we'll be looking at uh, investors, will be looking at the, at the press conference pretty closely. Yeah, because not been a lot of movement at all in the euro this week, has there? Uh, oil lost a bit today uh, because uh, at, at some point, perhaps uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see more oil from Iran at some point, because I suspect this is going to take a very perhaps. long time. Uh, yeah, the, the the Biden administration has suggested that sanctions could be lifted if the Iran nuclear deal could be back on the table. Uh, this is a report this morning in the Wall Street Journal, but, uh, you know, this isn't going to happen very quickly, is it? I mean, for a start, Iran's refusing to meet directly with the United States. So it's, it's hard to talk if you uh, won't even meet. <laughs> oh, we can do it by Zoom these days, can't we? <laughs> well, I don't think you're even prepared to talk on Zoom. Uh, so I have to have an intermediary. So it's going to take a while, I think. But anyway, yeah. it's, it's good news. It's a step in the right direction, obviously. Absolutely. 
So look, uh, Joe Biden as well. He's uh, he's hosting his. This is something else on Zoom. His. Uh, I expect it's not going to change the markets too much today, but. Uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. His climate summit starts today, the next couple of days. The m- most major world leaders. He's, he's got everyone there. It's a cast of thousands, mm-hmm. isn't it? Uh, Janet Yellen saying today that the finance sector is going to play a, a crucial role in transforming uh, to a net zero economy. She's saying $2.5 trillion is going to be needed in the US over the next uh, decade. That seems like peanuts. $2.5 trillion? Uh, with the, the numbers we've been seeing, <laughs> <laughs> these numbers are just being thrown around, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Big, big numbers. But we do know the um, you know the infrastructure plan that that the president outlined in that recent speech, and uh, we do do expect that uh, maybe over the next week or so we're going to hear from him on the second part of that uh, plan, which is the um, the families plan. So mm. about childcare, education, and uh, the human capital, as they say, and. Uh, working from home and all of those things. But it will be interesting when over the next couple of days as each company, sort of like uh, each company, each country, as they commit to what they intend to do, because we'd hope this is going to be a lot more successful than the uh, the Paris Climate Accord, uh, you know, just how much public money is going to be put into this. That could have uh, yes, repercussions. Yes, 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 absolutely. And we know that the Next Generation EU Fund uh, and we know that the US this current US administration wants to push push it in that direction. Mm. To actually get there, you've got to spend a lot of money to change the, uh, requires a lot of new infrastructure, you know, yeah, yeah. for EVs and a lot more than that. Yeah, absolutely. But an opportunity for growth goes with it as well, of course. All right, well, uh, we'll leave it there for now. Great talk. We'll catch you again very soon and uh, hope you're enjoying being back in London, even though you can only look at it through the window. Good to <laughs> talk, Dave. Good on you, Phil. Cheers. I wonder if we can get avocado on toast delivery. Do you know, I've really got to go and have some now. <laughs> that's you. I'm sure you do too. Uh, and that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. <laughs> 